you have your Bibles, you'd like to follow along, we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. The chief priest and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad, and they coveted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray Jesus unto them in the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare? He said unto them, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover of my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went, and they found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. Lord Jesus, thank you for having the last supper with your disciples before you suffered. Lord, help us to realize the seriousness of this hour, to realize and know what you have done for us on the cross. You paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And Lord, we thank you for that ultimate sacrifice that you made, pouring out your very blood of life, that we might have life. Father, we go even further thanking you so much for coming forth from the grave and showing yourself alive and gone to prepare us a place. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the hour that awaits us to be able to go home with you. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> <clears throat> Last things can be sad as well as glad. Uh, you think of some last things. Uh, I thought of some last things. Um, not long, not not few days from now, it will be the last day of school. You young and somebody will be saying hallelujah. <laughs> I know some teachers that will be glad to get packed up and to go home to stay a while. The last day of school. I remember those days. <laughs> How about the first day on a new job? I remember many of them because Lynn said, I never ever held a steady job until God called me to preach. <laughs> I I just went so many jobs, I about done forgot how many I had. How about the last day before retirement? The last day on the job. 
Some of you have experienced that. How about this? As the preacher says, I got one more point. Praise the Lord. The last point of the sermon. <laughs> Sometimes it don't mean anything. How about the firstborn child into your family? You should be able right quick to know exactly where you were. How about the last child leaving home? A lot of the last things stick in our mind. The last supper was eaten just before Jesus was betrayed and arrested and was sent through several mockery trials. And the bottom line was Judas had done received the money to betray him, sold his soul out to the devil. Jesus said, son, whatever you've got to do, you need to do it, do it quick. Someone said, why would Jesus call a disciple to follow him knowing in the end he was going to betray him? It's an example. Following Jesus, excuse me, following Jesus is not easy. If you do it the way God intended for us to do it, and not just on Sunday, but every day of the week, we make a choice whether to betray him or brag on him. When we think about betraying, hey, probably the... The one of the things that we betray him on and we don't even realize it is when we realize and know somebody's lost and we don't do anything about it. We don't share Jesus with them. And sometimes we, we're so far straight away from Jesus, we become like Peter. Lord, I'll go with you to the cross. I'll, I'll die with you, Lord. And Jesus says, son, you can't do it. You're not strong enough spiritually to do it. But when you get strong spiritually, I want you to help me. I want you to strengthen your brethren. You know, it's, it's amazing. We think of the, of the, of the Last Supper. And, uh, you know, some of the things I think about, what kind of night was that? I want you to listen to what kind of night I think it might have been. And I have spent every one of these nights, and possibly you have too, First of all, I believe it was a sleepless night. In the town, in the city, things was unrest. The soldiers were on edge. Jesus knew what was coming. His disciples were all confused. It was a sleepless night. But it was also a night of sharing, sitting around the table and Jesus sharing with his disciples things that must shortly come to pass. Even to one point when he said, one of you, <clears throat> one of you is going to betray me. And everyone at one time began to say, is it I? Is it me, Lord? Am I the one? In this congregation and in this pulpit today, we could be the one. Is it me that's going to deny you, Lord? It was a sleepless night. 
It was a sharing night, but it was also a sad night, for Jesus knew what was coming. You remember him going to the garden, begging his father, let this cup pass from me. What cup? The bitter cup, the bitter cup of death, the cup of suffering, the the cup of pain that he was going to endure through nails in his hands and his feet and then a spear in his side and a crown of thorns on his head and spitting in his face and slapping him and basically cussing him and saying, if you who you say you are, you can come down off the cross. All of that was building up in our Lord's mind. It had to be a sad night. But as the disciples saw Judas leave the table, it had to be a scary night. Scary. Not knowing what lied ahead. And our Lord doing his best to prepare. Passover. Passover meant somebody was going to die. Passover was observed every year because it was called Passover because when the children of Israel were captive there in in Egypt and Pharaoh would not let the people go, Moses kept going to him and begging him, Pharaoh, you need to turn God's people loose. And every time he'd make promises and he wouldn't keep them, he would lie one right after one right after the other. And so he he says, "Okay, here's the deal." You better put some blood up over the lentil, over the door. You better put some blood over there because the death angel tonight is going to pass over this city. And every firstborn child, every firstborn of everything is going to die if the blood is not over the lentil. The Passover meant all those children of Israel put that blood over the lentil and they were spared. So therefore, it was called Passover. So it became a celebration for them, the Passover. And so this meal that Jesus was preparing and had Peter and John to go to the place and prepare this, it was called the Passover meal because it had a great significance about it. But somebody was going to have to die. We know that Barabbas was in this crew when we think about sleepless nights and, and sharing nights and sad nights and scary nights, don't you know that Barabbas, you know, I, I, this scripture don't portray this, but in my heart, in my mind, I can see Jesus in one cell and Barabbas in another and hearing the mob hollering, crucify, crucify, but not hearing a name. And to say, here, Pilate say, we're going to release one prisoner. Who do you want? Don't you know that that Barabbas was scared to death and then he heard the soldier coming down with the keys and releasing him and bringing him out and him saying, what's going on? He said, you've been set free. Yeah, but I'm guilty. What? He said, you see the man up here? He's taking your place. He's taking your place. Jesus said, I want you to go prepare a place, Peter and John. He said, where, where would you want us to prepare it, Lord? He said, I want you to go into the city. And while you're in the city, on your way into the city, you're going to see a man. 
He's bearing a pitcher of water. He knows about everything. You approach him and tell him that you've come to see the place for the Passover meal. And he's going to show you a large upper room. This room will be furnished. And that's where we will go. And that's where we will meet. A lot of things were transpiring on that night. Judas, I'm satisfied. Hey, he had run with them. He had eaten with them. He had slept with them. Now he was on the devil's side. He had betrayed his Lord. He had already gotten the money. And he was trying to figure out a, a strategic place located where he could go and lay a kiss on the, on the cheek of our Lord saying, hey, this is the one that you want. When I think of that, I think of what Jesus said. The Bible simply says, and when the hour was come, when the hour was come, I think about that many times, the hour. You know, some of us work by the hour. Some of us live by the hour. Some of us eat by the hour. But when I think about the hour, he said, the hour has come. And the Bible says that he sat down with his disciples and the apostles with him, and he said unto them, and this, this is an amazing statement. He says, I've had a desire, a desire to eat this meal with you. And then he says, before I suffer. He said, for I say unto you, I will not any more eat this meal until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that he took a piece of the bread and he broke it. He broke it, letting them know my body is going to be broken for you. It says he, when he broke the bread that he blessed it. Odell, brother, would you lead us in prayer, please? Lord's table is significant in the life of every born-again child of God. Come into the Lord's table because he said, as often as you do this, you show forth my death until I come. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. You see, coming to the Lord's table, we share in the blood of Christ. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I'm rich enough, I can buy this and I can buy that. Or I have good enough credit that I can go borrow this and I can go borrow that. But I want to tell you something, you and I don't have enough money. You and I don't have enough credit to get our way into heaven. It's all by the blood of Jesus, his broken body. Isaiah talks about that um, he was so severely beaten that you wouldn't recognize him as a, a, a human being. Bloody from head to toe. It didn't last long. But you know sometimes I can't stand a little tiny piece of steel in my finger. The pain that it produces. Just a tiny piece of steel. Sometimes you can't hardly, hardly feel it. You ever had a piece of fiberglass get in your finger? You can't, you can't hardly see it, but you can feel it. And it's painful to you. But our Lord suffered pain. 
his head to his toes. I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine getting to heaven and being able to see the scars in his hands and his feet. And that wasn't enough. The Bible says they took a spear and rammed it into his side while he was hanging and suffering. At one point he said, I'm thirsty. Can you imagine vinegar on a sponge, putting it to your lips? They were already cracked, unsatisfied, bloody, bleeding. And they put it to his mouth. We don't like suffering. We want to avoid suffering at all costs. But our Lord, He didn't avoid it. In fact, one said, if you're really Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, why don't you take yourself down from the cross and us too? If you are. It had to be hard. He was. And I think of that soldier that was underneath that cross with blood dripping on him and hearing Jesus say, don't lay this charge to those who are doing this. Don't blame them. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. The Bible says after supper he took the cup and he blessed it also. When I think about the cup, I think about Jesus and his blood that he shed. And he said he took the cup and he blessed it. Brother Kenny, would you lead us in prayer, please? As we share in the blood, I think about victory over sin. We all sin and come short of the glory of God, but... Our Father always stands ready to forgive us of our sins. The Bible says, and cleanse our heart. And forgives us of all the ugliness, the thoughts, the actions. He forgives. You know, I stand before you this morning a guilty sinner, but I'm free. I am free in Jesus because of that blood that was shed. And when I think about that, I think of... Uh, you know, I have victory over sin, I have victory over, over guilt, and I have victory over Satan. Because he's on his way down. And I'm sure he realizes it, but he's taking everybody he possibly can with him. The Bible says when a person goes to hell, that those in hell rise up to meet them as they enter. I can't imagine such a horrible place, let alone going there. Or to have a loved one say, look, I don't mess with me. I'm, I'm not gonna accept Christ. I'm gonna do what I wanna do like I wanna do. I'm gonna live it up. Let me tell you something, hell is forever. There are no exits in hell. There is no water in hell. Had it been, the rich man wouldn't have called for one drop of water on the tip of, of Lazarus' finger. Uh-uh. There's no water there. And I think about that. I think about what the Lord has done. 
And the Bible says, examine ourselves. Nobody's going to examine you here, okay? Examine yourself. But don't let the devil have a victory today by passing this up. Hey, Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me of my sins. Because I want to do this in remembrance of you and knowing what you have done for me. As we examine ourselves, we think sometimes, well, you know, where am I? Is my faith as strong as it used to be? Can I count on my faith to see me through? What about my neighbor? Am I good to my neighbor or I don't want to speak to my neighbor? You know, sometimes we neglect. We're guilty of neglect. We neglect the house of the Lord. We neglect Bible reading. We neglect prayer. And then we hear people say, well, but I love God. Listen, if you love God, if I love God, I want to be in his house with his people. I want to be reading his word. I want to share his word. I want to be praying. I want to be giving. Many people have neglected that. And they're receiving blessings right now. He said, well, I'm not getting any blessings. Well, check up. Examine yourself. See where you stand with the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord said, hey, come. And when he said come, he said it with a capital letter. Come as you are. You can't get right and then come. You come and you get right. And then you go to serve the Lord. In remembrance of me. The bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Jesus has already paid the price, y'all. He's already paid the price. It's going to be a free entrance when we as his children get to heaven. You won't need a wristband when you get there. Because when we get there, we're going to be there forever and ever and ever. And this cup, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves for I say unto you I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes I can't imagine the lamb's supper I mean you're talking about weddings and big, big parties you and I have not seen such a party you and I have not experienced such a reunion is going to be when we sit down at that table to partake of what God has prepared. Jesus said, this is my blood which is shed for you. It says after supper, they sang a hymn and they went out into the night. We're going to sing Jesus paid it all. I'm glad on the cross, one of the things that Jesus said, and I'm so thankful for today, he said, it's finished. <laughs> it's finished, y'all. I'm done. I've done my work. All you got to do is fall in line because it is finished. We're going to have our hymn of invitation. If you're lost, you need to be saved. I will be glad to share with you how to be saved. If you backslid on God, you're not where you're supposed to be. Come to the altar. You don't have to tell me anything. But it's something about coming to the altar and confessing sins before God.
Whatever the way the Lord might have spoken to you this morning, as we stand together for our hymn of invitation, Jesus paid it all.